Welcome to Everyday Yoga, uh, Yoga Philosophy for Everyday Life. This is Brendan Murphy, the founder of uh, Shanti Warrior Yoga. Um, hope you're well. Just wanted to talk to you about motivation and mudras today. Now, the reason why I'm talking about motivation, um, and, and I'll get to what mudras are later on, um, well, I'll tell you now, the hand shapes in yoga are called mudras, right? And so... But the reason why I'm starting off with motivation is because uh, I've been struggling with motivation um, for the last week or so uh, to try and do the podcast. And um, I've kind of been thinking, I don't know what I want to talk about and, and what I'm going to do and make it interesting and keep it interesting for everybody listening. And then I thought, well, look, just take my own advice, you know, the yoga philosophy advice that I give to other people when you're struggling with whatever it is you're trying to do, just do the next thing that you need to do, right? So whatever it is. And and and, that's, and then, you know, it's funny when you put yourself in a kind of a headspace where, where you're thinking that way, right? Just do the next thing that you can do and don't be too hard on yourself. Just do something. It doesn't have to be perfect. And when you start thinking that way, things kind of re- reveal themselves to you in, in an odd way. And I'll talk about, about, about that later. Um, you know, the confirmation bias, that you, you, you kind of see what you look for um, when, you, when you believe a certain thing. Um, so anyway, but look, the funny thing is I opened up my notebook when I went to, to write some notes um, down about what this podcast was going to be about and there, there's a quote here from it's in, in these little Oxford books so if you have these little notebooks if you keep a notebook for whatever reason there's a little hardback kind of one that I keep um, and it's the Oxford black and red book and it has little phrases inside little motivational quotes and and there's one from St Francis of Assisi here that says start by doing what's necessary then do what's possible and suddenly you're doing the impossible and I like that it's great you know, it's just doing the next thing and doing the next thing. And, um, you know, and to to jump from one kind of extreme to another, from St. Francis of Assisi to uh, a, a live-looping DJ who's a, a bit crude in his language, who I, who I love, um, a guy called Mark Rebillet, and I'll spell that for you. It's M-A-R-C, Mark, and Rebillet is R-E-B-I-L-L-E-T. And he has done a song. Uh, he, but what he does is he uses live looping on his keyboard with different synth effects and things like that. And, um, you know, to make different different sounds for different instruments. And then, so he makes one track and then loops things over. So he might make a, a drum beat and then he might do a, do a, you know, record that and then loop it round and round and then record a bass line over the top of it. And, and then over the top of that, he might do, you know, some piano um and then lyrics and uh, and and vocals so uh, he's really really cool and if you're interested in that kind of thing um if you like funk funky music in particular uh this guy mark rebier is really worth checking out online um the pl- place that i find him and watch him the most is on facebook but the reason why i'm talking about him is because he did a song called another idea and it was about struggling <laughs> to to have another idea. So he made a song about struggling to make a song. 
Um, you know, one of the things that he says in that song is nobody gives a bleep about your artistic integrity. You're thinking about it too much, essentially. You know, he says all that matters that you're all that matters is that you're here working. You know, doing something productive, putting in effort. And that's the thing, you know, it's it's funny how um, things come together eventually when you just do the most basic thing first. Right, and you can take it back to that, that quote from St. Francis of Assisi. Start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. You know, and there's another little quote right beside it here. Might as well give you that one as well. Mark Twain, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, and, and so so that's what I did. I, I, I sat down and started writing. I didn't know that this was what I was going to be talking about in the podcast. I didn't know that I was going to be giving you a podcast about motivation or being demotivated and how to get past that. I just sat down and thought, do the next thing. Do the next thing that's constructive towards what you're trying to achieve. And that, for me, was just sitting and writing down notes about how I was feeling and what was on my mind. And, and that's how I usually um, approach the podcast. A lot of time I'll have an idea already that, of what I want to do. Most times, that previously, I have had an idea about what I wanted to, to talk about and and I've sat down and record, um, you know, written on that topic. But this time it really was just a matter of I don't know what I want to do. So I'm just going to write down how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. And it was the fact that I w- was feeling demotivated and a bit flat and tired for, for various different reasons. And, um, and then I thought, well, everybody feels like that sometimes, don't they? Everybody feels a little bit like demotivated or, or sometimes you can feel like a fraud can't you you can feel like you're you don't you're, you're kind of stealing a living or or um you know that you don't have a clue what you're talking about some days you think you know am, am i just spouting rubbish and, and and you know if you have never felt that way then brilliant you know good for you happy to hear that but you know i think having i think most people if not everybody will have had those days and those weeks right so it's about how fear of failure can paralyze you that's what i want to talk about doing something constructive is is better than nothing right now maybe doing nothing is constructive because sometimes just resting is enough and that's important too obviously well maybe not obviously to you i don't know some people are are kind of hyperactive and and um, struggle to just do nothing. And if that's the case, if that's what you need to do nothing, then that is a constructive thing for you to put your books away if you're always making notes, right? That's balance again. If you're someone who always, uh, you know, makes notes all the time and, and is maybe doing that obsessively, then it makes sense in terms of having some balance that you stop doing that now. So I'm not saying that this is right for everybody. But what I'm saying is, be honest with yourself. What do you need to do next? What's the most important thing? 
prioritizing those things. Even if it's just sitting down and going, right, I don't know really kind of what I'm supposed to be doing next. I, I can't really get a grip on how I'm feeling. Well, let me sit down and write it. If you can do that, or maybe even you might just go onto your voice recorder on your phone, right? And, and there's, there's the ability to, to record voice notes on most smartphones these days. And that's maybe how you're listening to, to this through your, your smartphone. So if you are struggling to get your thoughts clear, to, to figure out what you want to do next, sometimes just getting into a flow. And this is what I do with this, this podcast a lot of the time as well. I'm sitting here looking out my window uh, and I'm very lucky that uh, in my, out my window, I can see a, a beautiful, um, some beautiful trees and there's, you know, some beautiful leaves um, and, and, and a lovely kind of ready orange color on one of the trees. And then there's the, the almost bare leaves on the, or, or the bare branches on the, the tree kind of beyond that. And you can see birds flying about and sometimes you just need to, to kind of give yourself a bit of space to sit and, and go into a flow about things. Find a, a place where you enjoy just sitting for for however long you can do that can you do it for one minute can you do it for five minutes can you do it for half an hour and that's a luxury i understand that's a luxury for a lot of people and for me you know for a long time that was as well but you know i've worked to get myself to a place now where i can do this um but my point is that sometimes just speaking um, or writing just whatever is in your head, whatever comes out, reveals stuff to you, can reveal to you how you're thinking. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about how that works um, psychologically and uh, neurologically um, in a little bit, right? But so anyway, what I'm saying is do the next thing that you need to do. Do the next constructive thing you know back to that quote start by doing what's necessary then do what's possible and suddenly you're doing the impossible if there's a deadline coming right you have to do something to work towards that deadline right so maybe just sitting doing nothing is not an option for you okay fine right this guy Jordan B. Peterson this uh, psychologist that I listened to um, again, I don't agree with everything necessarily that he says. Who can you say that about, right? But he, he says some really interesting stuff. He's worth checking out if you haven't done so already. And if you're interested in the kind of stuff that I tend to talk about, you'll probably really enjoy what he does, right? Jordan B. Peterson. Um, but he says, he he's formerly a lecturer. Um, I think he was in Harvard University. And he talks about, well, he, he, he says that he would say to his students, um, can, you do, can you do it badly? And, you know, cause people would say, oh, I can't do this essay. And he, and he would say, well, can you do it badly? And they would say, what? And he would say, well, you know, can you write, you know, whatever it was, say 3,000. Can you write 3,000 words on this essay? 
and and you know not worry about how great it is and and they would say yeah okay i can do that you know he said okay so do it you can do it badly then you can go back and refine it and refine it and refine it and refine it again but you know doing nothing is is well doing something is better than nothing right doing something that's that gets you a grade which is maybe not the grade that you wanted to get is better than not getting any marks at all is it you know getting a lower grade than you really want that is better than not doing the work that's what i'm saying right so you can apply this to a lot of things in life whether it's you know planning for a podcast like I'm talking about, you know, um, where I was thinking, uh, you know, because I have a high standard for myself in my head about what I want to talk about and how I want to, to project um, these ideas to you. But me sitting there stewing and going, oh, you know, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. is not no use because then I don't do a podcast and I don't put it out, right? And I'd rather give something and... Um, you know, stimulate thought for myself and for other people around me and at least give you some kind of little, you know, nuggets of information, some little food for thought um, instead of nothing, right? And that's the same. You could apply that for a lot of things in life. You know, sometimes I feel like um, when I'm teaching, you know, a yoga class, you feel, oh, I'm, I'm wrecked. I don't, you know, really want to be going out and doing this today and or, you know, I'm not as, you know, again, it's back to that imposter syndrome where where you feel like you're, um, don't deserve to be in the position that you're in. Um, but what am I going to do? Not turn up? Right? If I don't turn up, I don't, you know, first of all, I'm letting other people down as well. I don't get paid. And then my reputation goes down the path. And that could be the same for you, whatever it is, right? So whether you're, I don't know. A doctor or uh you know whether you are i don't know a landscape gardener just because i'm looking at the garden right what whatever it is you could be you know you could be a, a you know a bin man a bin woman whatever collecting rubbish um if you don't turn up you don't get paid right and that's how it goes and then what happens is that a constructive way to be because you're thinking i want to be perfect at what i do i i don't want to to make any mistakes that will paralyze you if you're thinking like that there is no such thing as perfect right doesn't matter what your job is doesn't matter kind of how you are um, whatever your role is in, in, in your family, if you're lucky enough to have a family, whether you're a parent or a, or a child or a or an uncle or whatever it is, you know, if you don't make the effort to reach out to people and, and, and connect to them and do what you can for them, then that's rubbish, isn't it? it, it it's, it's worse than... Um, it's better to 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 try to to listen and 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 help people that you love and care about and then reach out to them in the same way that I'm trying to reach out to you through this podcast um it's better to do that and 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 to to stumble across your words and and not exactly maybe have the right thing exactly at the right time to say 
but to empathize, to connect in somehow. It's better to do that than to to think, no, I'm going to sit back and wait until the perfect time, till I have the perfect words, till I'm the perfect person. And it's, it's never going to happen, right? Another example, Christmas dinner, right? You want to make it perfect. You procrastinate and you... You, you, you start to worry and write down and plan and over plan this is kind of what i've been doing with this podcast to be honest you know overwriting and writing notes again and again and and then all of a sudden there's no dinner for christmas and that's you know that's no use so it's never going to be perfect the effort is what's important right no effort is ever wasted and i'll talk a bit about that a bit later as well. So, so that's the way I pl- I planned approached planning this podcast. I was demotivated over the last week, but I sat down and started to write notes about how I was feeling, what I was thinking about. This turned into the notes for this podcast, talking about how we all feel demotivated at times, and how that's normal, right? And so, how you need to be not so hard on yourself when you're feeling that way. But instead of of just kind of sitting and beating yourself up and getting into a, to a, a funk about that, getting into a um, a depression about that, write something down or record something on your phone if you if you're not inclined to write stuff down. Just let yourself go into a bit of a flow. Let the stuff come out of your head. And see what happens, right? When you're struggling to deal with things. Just do the next thing that you need to do. Right, that might be getting up and having a shower. Right, it might be putting some food on. It might be getting dressed. Right, it might be that. Right, it might be making that call about um, that bit of business that you needed to to call about about a new client, for example. And in, in my um, line of work, you know. Uh, might be about putting yourself forward for a for a for a, a new position whatever right if you don't do it it's never going to happen if you don't try you'll never do right so that's the thing trying and even if you don't quite reach where you wanted to exactly it's better than not trying at all because you definitely never will reach where you're trying to reach if you don't try right Stop telling yourself that whatever you're aiming for needs to be perfect because it never will be. So when I sat down and wrote this, these notes, I started to feel more positive because I, I did something constructive, right? And even though the notes were, were garbled and I've had to write them down again and cut half of the waffle out, and it was still a small positive step. And the next constructive thing that I needed to do to get to my goal, right? So even though I wasn't convinced these notes were were going to be any good, it was something to work on. And I did it badly, right? To go back to what Jordan B. Peterson talks about, you know, you say, I can't do that essay. I can't, I can't write that, that assignment. Um, I can't do that test. Well, can you do it badly? If so, go and do that. Then refine, right? And it's a bit more difficult to do that in a test, isn't it? Because, you know, you, maybe you're writing in pen or whatever it is. If people even still do that, 
she was how old I am. Probably all tests are done on uh, on on computers now. But okay, so that's even better, isn't it? If you're writing an assignment or doing a test online, you can write it down, and then you have an answer there, and then move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and then you get to the end of it and you can go back and check your answers, right? And do it all again and, and kind of go back and delete and cut and paste and whatever it is you need to do, right? So do it badly, first of all, if if you're struggling, you know, if, 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 if the other alternative is not doing it at all, do it badly. Then refine, refine, refine until you get closer and closer to where you're trying to get to. Understand it's never going to be perfect though. When you understand that nobody or nothing is perfect, you might stop being so hard on yourself and that might open a few barrier, a few doors for you, you know, kind of remove a few barriers from, you know, your mindset, your thinking on, on what you're trying to do. So as I was writing the notes on this, I was sat down in a place um, on the on the settee and I was looking at my bookcase and I saw the book Mudras of India and I thought you know that's something that um I, I, I've I'm really interested in talking about the mudras the hand shapes and so I thought okay well that's another thing that I can include in the podcast and so then more ideas came so I'm sitting writing down about how I'm feeling demotivated and then I came to the realization that that's something that everybody will feel it one point or another whatever their job whatever whatever your lifestyle and you know and then uh, because I was putting myself in that positive mind frame of thinking about where I could go with it and I was open to the idea that maybe I was good enough to be able to do something right. then when I looked at the book, I thought, okay, that's something I can I can include in this, talking about the mudras of India. I'll talk about that again. I'll come back to that a little bit later. Um, but putting yourself in a position and a, a headspace where you're open to inspiration or open to good things coming your way, that's a good thing, right? Putting your phone away for a bit, if that's, if that's something that's distracting you, putting that out of, out of reach, out of sight if that's what it takes to to give you a little bit of a break away from scrolling through facebook or twitter or instagram and getting caught up and looking at those stories then put it away for a bit put yourself in it do the the little things that give you a bit more space to to grow into yeah Right? And, and so, and then, and then you give yourself, well, you'll find that you you become a bit more lucky in things coming your way. When you're open to good things coming your way, more good things come your way, right? And I, I used to say to my mum, there's no such thing as good luck. It's about being prepared for opportunities and, and taking them when they present themselves, right? And and that wasn't my phrase. I stole it from, from somewhere else. I can't remember where it was, but mum loved that and you know, therefore I loved it even more, right? Um, and in psychological terms, there's this thing known as the confirmation bias, which I talked about earlier, right? The confirmation bias is when, it states that when you have a set of beliefs, then you look for things to confirm these biases, right? So 
If you think the world is mainly good or people are mainly good, you will tend to look for and therefore see more good in the world and in people around you. And vice versa, if you think the world around you is mainly bad or that people are mainly bad, then you'll look for and find more bad things. And that's really quite simple and and, and beautiful and, and, you know, elegant in, in, in how it's expressed and in my my opinion anyway. Um, you know, and I was thinking about something and I, I, I read something in one of the psychology books. Um, I'm trying to think, was it, I'm not even sure where it was, but it was talking about the uh, the negative triad and it was saying that when people get into depression, and I think it was in this psychology book, was that where it was? Yeah, I think it was in this AQA psychology book for A-level that I have um, by Cara Flanagan um, and others, and it's from Illuminate Publishing, and it was published in, let me just check, 2015. And yeah, it talks about depression and the negative triad, and what was it saying? It was saying along the line, so let me see if I can find a page of it here. Yeah. Okay. So a person develops a dysfunctional view of themselves because of three types of negative thinking that occur automatically. This is on page 148 in this book. Um, so yeah, regardless of the reality of what is happening at the time. So these three elements are called the negative triad. When we are depressed, negative thoughts about the world, the future and oneself often come to us. So negative view of the world an example would be the world is a cold hard place this creates the impression that there's no hope anywhere negative view of the future an example would be there isn't much chance that the economy will really get better such thoughts reduce any hopefulness and enhance uh, depression and then the third one negative view of the self for example i might think i am a failure such thoughts enhance any existing depressive feelings because they confirm the existing emotions of low self-esteem Right, so that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, thinking negatively about the world around you, thinking negatively about the future, and then having negative thoughts about yourself as well. And when those three things combine, um, it states in this psychology book that that's whenever you're in in danger of of falling into depression, right? And that's interesting because that might sound really depressing in and of itself but what it does do is it says it gives you a kind of um a bit of a framework to think okay but if i can change one of those things then i i can start to help myself out of that depression right so in yoga we talk about changing the idea of yourself but having kind thoughts about yourself and if you can start to do that well then that's a a good step forward right and if you start to think better things about yourself and seeing better things in yourself you start to then think well maybe those good things exist in other people and if that's the case then maybe better things exist in the world because the world's full of people, right? So 
that's a really kind of um, an interesting kind of topic for me. Thinking about how you can get yourself from feeling demotivated and flat to changing one thing, to try to change the trend, the downward trend, to start, even if it's just kind of bringing it back to a plateau, doesn't have to be, you know, on an upward trend, just, you know, arresting the drop. Um, you know, and that's, that's really important to kind of understand that for me is a really important thing, right? I mean, look for the small positive things in, in the world around you, right? Jordan B. Peterson, again, he talks about, here's another little interesting thought, right? Jordan B. Peterson talks about the fact that there's so much information coming at you at any given moment that you have to filter most stuff out to be able to see anything or you'd be overwhelmed, right? So to look at one thing, you have to filter out everything else around you and your peripheral vision and so on. Let me give you an example of that, right? So say you're driving a car and you have to focus on the road, right? And that means you need to filter out the other stuff you can see in your peripheral vision, like your mileage or or whatever other fancy stuff you have maybe displayed on the dashboard in your car, right? So when you for another example of that is when you when you speak to a person in a noisy place, you need to to filter out all the other noise and focus on that person more that you're trying to listen to. Right? If you tried to process all of the words from all the conversations going on around you, it'd be you'd be completely your head would fry, right? You'd be overwhelmed totally. Um, and on a little side note, apparently that's what happens so essentially when you take um th those inhibitors those filters that that help you to to filter out all the other stuff that you're not trying to focus on to focus on one thing right apparently those filters are are negated when you take psychedelic drugs and that's what happens when you when you do that you know we talk about opening the mind um, and, and that kind of language when you when you take things like psychedelic drugs it it apparently um, stops those barriers from being effective those filters from working and then all of a sudden you're flooded with all this information at once and that's when people can become overwhelmed um, when they do things like psychedelic drugs right so that's something um, to kind of demonstrate how how effective those filters are usually right so i mean you know think about it if you focus on something now and now that you're thinking about it i bet in your even if you're looking at one thing like i'm looking at um you know a picture of my niece in the window here but i know when i'm looking at this i can still see the tree out the window the the, the orange leaves and everything they're a bit more blurry now and and i can still see in my peripheral vision what um, the little skeleton that I have in the corner, right? The little skeleton that I have in the corner that um, that I use for my workshops and so on. Pelvis, Pelvis Costello, as named by my friend Don Watson, which I love. Um, so yeah, Pelvis has always been in the corner there, but I haven't been paying attention to him. But now that I am, then I I can't really focus so much on on what I was trying to look at. So what I'm trying to say is. 
you see what you look for. Right? So say, taking it back to that, that whole thing about trying to, to view the world in a bit more of a positive way or viewing even just yourself. I mean, I say just viewing yourself in a positive way is a massive thing. Um, because, well, as I said, if you can view, see positive things within yourself, then you start to notice or, or, or be open at least to the idea that those positive things might exist in other people. And then if all these people who are walking around have positive things within them, then maybe the world seems a bit more positive to you. So when you're feeling demotivated, when you're feeling flat, look for the positives where you can, right? Write down, you know, how you're feeling or, or, or record how you're feeling. Be positive about the fact that you can do that, right? Be open to ideas coming, even if half of the stuff, maybe 90% of the stuff that you write down or record might be gibberish, might be not very useful to you, right? If 10% of the stuff that you write down is useful to you, then that's much better. It's 10% more than, than what you had before, isn't it? If somebody offered you a 10% pay rise, I think you'd take it, wouldn't you? Right? So, if you do... Like, another little example that I, that I love to, te- to demonstrate how this is true and how it's not just kind of fanciful language that I'm using is if you deliberately go out into the street and look for insects or spiders, right? You'd see loads of them. I'm sorry if you're scared of, of insects and have a phobia of spiders or whatever, but, you know, that's another thing to be kind of looking at and, and and tackling away from this. That's another whole podcast. But look, if you went out into the street and you looked specifically for these little creatures, you'd see them, right? You'd see loads of them. You have to take your time maybe to do it, right? But if you hadn't been looking for them, you'd just walk past them or maybe even walk on them. Right, and so it still would have been there, <clears throat> but he just hadn't been paying attention, right? And it's the same thing that I say in the yoga classes when I say, you know, we're, if we're in the um, shavasana, the, the corpse pose, lying down, and and I'm taking people on. I hesitate the word to use journey because it's you know such a cliched word now. But remember that things become cliche because they have been around for a long time and things don't really tend to be around for a long time if they're not useful or or meaningful, right? So, but when I'm taking people on that kind of guiding people's awareness through their bodies and saying, just pay attention to your feet and your toes, just pay attention to your ankles. And um, it's about then just understanding that there's you know and appreciating that there's nourishment there's nutrients there's blood flow there's as it's known in in yoga prana right the the vital energy of life flowing through these parts of your body and there always has been for as long as you've been alive right but maybe just didn't pay attention to it before and that's the thing you know just because you're not paying attention to something or looking for something doesn't mean that it's not there. Just because you don't think 
going back to Marc Rebillier, uh, that you'll ever be able to have another idea uh, doesn't mean that you'll never have another idea. And I love how he flipped it on his head, and it really kind of, kind of was a big inspiration for me in, in, in doing this, where he made a song about struggling to make a song. You know, I've planned this podcast about struggling to get motivated to make a podcast, right? And But you can apply that sense of, of demotivation that that um, is relevant across most people's lives, if not everybody's life, I think, right? Think about this. It's good that you have the ability to breathe right now, right? It's good that you have the capacity to listen to this podcast, You know, and one of my mum's my favourite sayings was, uh, I cried because I had no shoes until I saw a man who had no feet. You know, there's always, I guess you could, you could look at things in two ways, at least two ways anyway, couldn't you? And you could say that, um, um, things could always be better. Or you could think things could always be worse. And that's at least two ways of thinking about, about the world, isn't it? And I think, you know, there, there, it's not that I'm saying that you should always think one way or the other. You should always, I mean, I think it's good to have ambition to progress and think that things could be better. Um, but it's also quite important to have the perspective to say, well, things could always be worse and appreciate and be grateful for what you have here and now, right? So if you're feeling overwhelmed by stuff, if you're feeling like there's too much to do so that you become paralyzed thinking about all the stuff that you have to do so that you end up doing nothing, then that's the thing, isn't it? You can you can sit and think, I have so many things to do that I don't know where to start. And then you start, you spend all your energy thinking about how much you have to do that 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 consumes your energy just thinking about all those things and trying not to trying not to forget what it is that you have to do ends up then resulting in you doing nothing do the next positive thing that you have to do prioritize make a list if you can or you know record your your thoughts and even if you just record the thoughts it doesn't have to be recorded in priority order you can just make a list of the things you need to do and then you could go back and refine that and say okay well what's the most important thing here and are there some of these things that i can can scrub out because i don't actually need to be doing them maybe there's some things you just don't need to be doing that you're you're thinking that you have to but when you see it written down you take it outside of yourself and you and you kind of hear it or you see it and you go that no that's not really that important or that's ridiculous I don't need to be doing that. Simplify it even more right back into the yoga philosophy of stuff. In yoga philosophy, you know it's said that that the breath is the source of all life. So there's if there's no breath there's no movement no movement no life. So breathe first of all. Right. Everything else will will follow that, right? So if you can breathe more fully or at least a little bit more easily or allow yourself a chance to do that, practice doing it. If you can breathe more fully and more easily, you can have more of a chance to live more fully and more easily, right? 
and it sounds kind of flippant and silly, you know, sometimes if you, you know, if you're not in the right mindset to hear that, you go, yeah, whatever, I need to pay this bill and do that, and you need to, you know, talk to that person and make that arrangement, but, you know, none of that would happen if you didn't breathe, right, so, breathe, take a breath, when you feel like things are too much, you'll slow down the breath. Well, if you can slow down the breath, you can slow down the heart rate. And if you can slow down the heart rate, you slow down the internal processes inside of you. And then, right, the brain has more capacity to process what it needs to be processing. And you can become a bit more focused, right, on what it is that you actually need to be doing and start filtering out what you don't need. So writing things down has really helped me, right? And it really helps a lot of other people. I know this, right? I know that uh, it helps my, my sisters. Um, sometimes they write lists down. It helps my, my other half when she writes things down. It helps me to write things down, to, to, to get it on to, to a page, right? And, and there's a reason why that this works, right? And, and, and there's a psychological kind of neurological reason why that's important, right? Because in in the short-term memory, you only have room for about seven chunks of stuff, right? That's the thinking of behind it. You only have room for about seven chunks of things, seven units of stuff in your head at any one time. Uh, and that's, you know, the short-term memory is where you hold stuff until you can process it and put it somewhere in your brain that that makes sense when you when you've stored it in the long term memory it doesn't keep on going run and run in your head right so if you're if you've got seven things or more that it's that are on your mind it's well if you've got seven things on your mind that you've got to do in your day then when some other information comes in like something changes and you know one of the kids is sick or something you have to go and pick them up from from school so you'll have to um arrange some cover at work or something say right if that happens then that new bit of information comes in and something else has to move out otherwise you know that uh, the, the information about the kids being sick isn't allowed to come into the short-term memory. Now, that's not going to happen, is it right? If one of the kids is sick, you'll, you'll prioritize that, most of us anyway, right? So, okay, so for that bit of information to come in and for you to have to process that, one other thing has to go out of your, of your short-term memory and then you'll have forgotten about that, right? But if you know that there's stuff going around in your head and it has been in, and it's playing in your mind you know that phrase playing on your mind it's really that tumbling around in the head where you're having to remind yourself okay don't forget to do this okay don't forget to do this and it's and it's and it's that repetition within the mind that carries on until your mind finds a place in the long-term memory to store that stuff but if it's sloshing around in your head write it down then you can only have one thing to remember, right? Is the list, right? So you don't have to think about seven things anymore. You, you, you're just thinking about one thing when you're thinking about the stuff you have to do in your day. It's that list. And then so when the new bit of information comes in, okay, 
I've got the stuff I need to do on my list, plus I need to make arrangements for, for cover at work and I need to go and pick up my kid and then you still have capacity to take more stuff in. So if someone comes along and tells you something important, like for instance, they're, they're struggling with whatever it is that they're struggling with and they really need your advice or, or for you to listen, then you have that capacity to sit and listen to them because you've made a list. And that's the power of it, right? You know, if you don't have capacity for anything else, you're you're full to the brim, and and you're either gonna lose stuff from your day that that that's important and miss things, or not be available and open to people who need you so much. Plus. It takes a lot of energy to keep on repeating those things over and over again in your head, to keep them repeating in your head so that you don't forget them. And that's draining for you too, right? So, you know, get that stuff out of your head, put it on a list. And when you have some space in your head, it makes room for fresh thoughts and ideas that come in that might be more positive and constructive if you've been thinking about negative stuff, you might start to see different angles on things and how you can resolve things, right? So, and also when you have that list and you can tick it off and you can scrub it off and, you know, my other half has a really great thing where she she highlights things that she's achieved in green and then, so it's not just scrubbing it out. So, because I, I, I would tend to scrub things off and, and that's a good sense of achievement in itself, seeing the stuff scrubbed off. But it's even better, I think, the way that she does it. And I might start adapting that for myself with a highlighter because you're not scrubbing off the stuff, um, the writing. So you can still see clearly what you have achieved and it's highlighted in a, in a nice bright colour. And then that means, you know, it gives you a sense of of looking back and going, wow, I did all that today. Instead of trying to look look at this scribbled line that you've, you've, you might have scrawled out and you're having to struggle to... To, you know, it looks like a more of a negative thing as well, doesn't it? To scratch it off, it, it's it's um, it's maybe more of a, a, a of of a negative connotation, whereas opposed to something being highlighted highlighted in a nice, um, color that we associate green. You know, you associate green with with go and and um, you know, progress. So maybe that's why that's such a good idea. So you know, take all these little tips, use them. When you're not feeling motivated try to do just the next thing you know that mark twain quote that i gave you earlier on the, the secret of getting ahead is getting started do one thing when you have a hundred things to do right do one thing first because you can only ever do it that way right so also like i mentioned earlier putting your phone out of sight and out of reach now here's a good idea for something that i just thought about i haven't done it myself i have to admit right but this might be a good idea for 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 me as well, right? And, and and I'm thinking of excuses why it's not a good idea for me because I'm thinking, well, I have my um, you know, my business emails that come through on the phone and and people asking for for cover for classes and so on that I might miss if I don't get on it quickly. But maybe I should just say, you know. And and actually, this is a good thing about the podcast, right? So now that I'm thinking about it. I have to put my phone on airplane mode to record this podcast because I'm recording it on my phone. So it switches 
me off from other distractions um from scrolling through facebook or twitter or instagram and you know um sometimes that's good doing that right but a lot of time i find myself just scrolling through and like especially now that they have these instagram stories and facebook stories and so on and it just plays automatically onto the next thing and then an advert pops up and you just you know you because that's never ending you know it's not like you can ever finish that it's not even like a you know with a computer game when you used to play those if you did and you get at least complete the game and go right okay that's the sense of that having ended you know with instagram stories and facebook stories and so on and it doesn't end it just goes on and on continuously and then you see another advert and even if you don't if you can just you know flick past the advert you're still being bombarded with these images of what i don't know expensive watches or um you know holidays to to exotic locations um lifestyles and and things that um you know that that are what status symbols and even if you just see those for a moment you still they're still in your head you know uh, and you know advertising is done a lot of the time to to make you feel inadequate it's done to make you feel inadequate if you don't have the things that they are advertising because um you know, we judge people by appearances, whether we like it or not. You know, we do tend to judge people. I'm not saying I'm exempt from this either. But when you become aware of it, when you understand that, um, you know, I'm, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but when you understand that um, class, uh, going back to my, my, um, my sociology um, kind of st- stuff that I've been doing for the psychology degree that I'm doing at the Open University of Talks. There was a section in that um, talking about class and, um, you know, it states that uh, the class system, you know, rests upon, you know, ideas that uh, of inferiority and superiority. And ideas of class, um, they... There are perceptions of class that, that um, um, you know, for instance, where you can consider uh, a, a watch, a brand being considered superior or inferior to another. Um, a, a brand of clothing being considered superior above something else. But then, you know, there's also um, more, more, uh, there, there are also deeper kind of ideas of what class are, where, um, you know, ideas of class, someone can be considered a, to be of a higher class depending upon their accent or depending upon their skin colour or their nationality or their ethnicity. Um, and that depends on uh, perceptions of a society and how a society views uh, and values, um, you know, either a person with one kind of accent or another, or a person of one skin color or nationality, or um, or I don't know height. <laughs> you know, there, there. You know, that's people are 
considered to be of a higher class a lot of the time if they're taller whether that's you know conscious or unconscious and i i expect it's unconscious for for most of us you know um the idea that um someone is superior to somebody else based on their height um because they are a higher class of person because they have well you know obviously there 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 are 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 judgments of class about um made upon income and if you have more money then you're more likely to be better fed if you're better fed you're more likely to grow healthily more healthily and become taller right so you know ideas of class are in there as well and i've gone off on a tangent there but my point is that you can end up starting to feel bad about yourself um because advertisements are aimed specifically at you on your smartphone depending upon the information that they have about you right the, the information that these companies have about you they will know what you have been looking at online um you know through cookies and so on like that and and so if if these companies know that you're looking at like flights to a certain place or whatever and you know and you might be looking at these things going this is my ideal holiday and and i would love to go there or or these clothes are are, are lovely and i'd love to have that or that kind of car and then they will show you advertisements pertaining to that and then that just kind of can reinforce negative thoughts about yourself because maybe you can't afford those things um so what i'm saying is put your phone away for a bit if you can you know i mean obviously it's a bit ironic that i'm saying that to you and, and you might be listening to this on your phone but you know you could download this podcast right and then put your phone on airplane mode and then listen to this offline so that you're not getting all those buzzes and notifications that are coming through but what i'm saying is again turn your phone off every if that's something that's stopping you from from doing something constructive or just put it out of sight set it on a timer this is what i was trying to get to set it on a timer uh in another room maybe and then say okay i'm gonna give myself half an hour or or an hour it might even be 10 minutes to to do something constructive to clean up the room a wee bit to to um to to make notes on this essay to i don't know to have a chat with the one of the people that i love and 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 then you do that for the 10 minutes or the half an hour or an hour until that timer goes off and then you might even want to go and just turn the timer off and return to what you were doing because you you're in the flow of things and that's what I'm saying, you know, there's a certain example of flow that I just went into there where I started talking about class issues. Um, but if you give yourself a chance to, to not think I have to do, I don't know, say 100 words or something, you don't have to, setting that target is not as helpful to me as it, it is saying I'm going to write what I can and think about what I want to write and and, and give myself space to consider what it is that I want to be considering for, for a certain amount of time is more constructive. So maybe you try that, you know. And as I say, 
I have to turn my phone on the airplane mode to record these podcasts and it gives me a bit of a step away from from um from all of that distraction from all of that advertising that 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 makes me feel um of a lower class right so anyway there you go I told you about mudras right I, I i was i was sitting down writing these notes and um and as as i put myself into that headspace of thinking about doing something constructive then i was looking at the bookcase and i saw this book mudras of india and i thought well that's great because i want to talk about mudras and so i thought okay well let me do that so i want to talk to you about what mudras are and mudras are that's the name for the hand shapes in yoga right um so this book that I'm looking at here is called Mudras of India, and it's by Kane Carroll and Revital Carroll. And it was published in uh, 2013 by Singing Dragon, right? Now, in the foreword by Dr. David Frawley, right, and this is on page nine, and I'm going to flip that open here, right? He says, and, and, and bear with me on this, right? The hands are our seat of pranic connection and expansion in ayurvedic medicine pranic right prana the 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 energy within yoga that the the exists in the essence of everything and well i might as well talk about what that is for for a moment to give you an idea about this prana right the 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 yogic idea the the um that that there's an energy that exists at the core of everything that that is around you that you can see and that you can't and I guess the closest that we've come to to explaining that or or to to having um a parallel for that in in science is the the idea of the Higgs boson, the God particle, right? And uh, according to space dot com, that's uh, they say that the the particle. So the Higgs boson is the particle that gives mass to all elementary particles that have mass, such as electrons and protons, right? So not too long ago, twenty twelve, when the um, the Higgs boson was discovered, and you know, prana has been talked about within yoga and and um, Indian philosophy for you know, I, I reckon a, at least five thousand years. You know when, um, so anyway, there you go. So so that's what I'm talking about. So the prana, the energy that exists in everything that's all around you, the most basic energy of anything that you can see and that you can't, right? So that, back to this. This is the, from the, the Mudras of India book, page 9. The hands are our seat of pranic connection and expansion in Ayurvedic medicine, right? The um, Indian um, medicinal um, system, yeah? And they say, he, he carries on and says, And much of healing is through the hands. Mudras can help direct higher pranic energies into the body and link us with beneficial pranic currents in nature and in the universe as a whole. Right? Mudras relate to the marmas and nadis, the energy points and currents in the physical and subtle bodies. Okay, this can afford them tremendous healing powers and the ability to change how our energy moves and works. Okay, so, I mean, that's a really lovely idea, you know, that you have 
you can make different shapes with your hands and direct your energy. But I have to say, when I was reading that, it made me think of Street Fighter 2, right? Ken and Ryu, or Ru, depending on your pronunciation of it, uh, who could channel fireballs through their hands. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful to, to what we're talking about here, but, uh, you know, it's art. It's art, isn't it? All this stuff is art, and all of it is is drawing on different things. And, um, you know... Um, so conduct, but you know, the idea of conducting energy beyond yourself is possible, you know, it doesn't have to be a, you know, a Hadouken, doesn't have to be a fireball, you know, that you're, you're, you're firing across at the, at somebody that you're, you're, you're fighting with in the street. And, you know, by the way, you know, that's, I don't recommend that. I can't, uh, I'm not, a, a, you know, advising you to go out in the street and try and Hadouken somebody. Um, but you know, conducting your energy beyond yourself is possible see what happens when you hug someone right smile at someone and or even if you scowl at them right it will have some sort of effect and you know that you know you can see it in your everyday life and you sometimes you might find yourself walking about um wondering why everybody seems to be in a bad mood that day as far as you can see and then Someone might say to you that that cares about you and knows you. Why are you? What's wrong with you? You look really angry, you know. And and you might not even have known that you were walking about scarling. And then you wonder why everybody was scarling back at you, right? Because you've been scarling at them. You've been, you know, giving them dirty looks, and you didn't you didn't even mean it. It's just that you were, you know, thinking about something else and distracted and not aware of of what you were doing with the muscles in your face. And that's a big part of what yoga is about as well. Being aware of what you're doing with your musculature, being aware of what you're doing with your energies, conducting yourself properly. That's another phrase, isn't it? Conducting yourself properly, conducting your physical and your mental, maybe even your spiritual energies towards something more productive, right? And you're full of electrochemicals. You know, it's electrochemical signals that the, the flow through your body from your brain to, to animate you and to, to make connections and thoughts and ideas in your brain. So you are, you contain electricity, right? So, you know, you might get a static shock off of somebody or something sometimes as well. And so that's, an, you know, you, you know, electricity lightning comes down from the sky to the earth sometimes. You know, there is more to this world than what you can just see. There's more to the, to you than what you can just see there. You have the ability to conduct your energy through this body. If you can, you can feel heat coming off of somebody, can't you? You can feel heat in their hands or their body. Um, what is that? That's electrochemical energy, isn't it? Prana, vitality. I mean, it's more than that as well. But, you know, you can think of it in those terms. So, making these mudras, these hand shapes, it's about trying to conduct your energy in a certain way, as well as symbolizing externally what it is that you wish to, to have. And, and by making these hand shapes, what you can do is um, you can... It's it's like it's like making a, a um a commitment to yourself to try and consider and meditate upon 
something by making that hand shape right it's almost like you know saying out loud to or or saying to yourself this is what i want to do instead of thinking oh i wish i could do that but it's probably not going to happen or uh, i would love to do that but i can't do that it's it's almost the physical kind of equivalent of 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 doing that when you when you make these hand shapes you're saying this is what i want this is what i'm going to do this is what i'm going to work towards and and you know that that's powerful right because if you admit to yourself something it's the first step towards achieving something whether that's admitting to yourself that something is right or admitting to yourself that something is wrong that you know it's about equally about admitting that some actions or things that you're doing or habits that you have or are not good for you it's equally about admitting that you want to do something and that that wouldn't be the thing that would make you find some meaning and being brave enough to admit that because usually the thing that you really want to do that's that's um that takes commitment that will help you find more meaning in your life um more joy in your life usually that's something difficult isn't it right because nothing worth achieving is is ever easy so that's really what we're trying to do with these mudras with these hand shapes you're you're admitting to yourself as well as to to other people because when other people see you doing these things whether you're you know i mean doing it um with other people or on your own you know it might be that somebody might walk into the room if you're doing these this meditation on your own and see you sitting in a certain way but when they see you sitting there so you know chin mudra right let's start off with chin mudra you, you you'll know this one this is the the most commonly recognized mudra um this is where the tip of the four fingers uh are touching the tips of the thumbs and the other three fingers are extended right and this is the stereotypical kind of symbol of yoga that someone might do um accompanied maybe with chanting om when when they think of what yoga is or or even when they're taking the mickey out of what they think yoga is right um so on on page 77 of this mudras of india book um they talk about this and and they say that the chin mudra right uh comes from the sanskrit word chit uh meaning consciousness right and, um so this is about wishing for more consciousness to become more aware of yourself and and of the world around you and that's a big thing you know so you know the whole trend about mindfulness and and, and that's what it is it's being aware of, of what you're doing and why it's the opposite of mindlessness the opposite of um let's say not conducting yourself the way that you want to right mindlessly letting your energy to go go about in a scattergun um nature uh, as opposed to being mindful to conducting your energy like you what like you might um 
you might think of your, your, your yoga practice as being like insulating cable for electricity. Right? If that cable was exposed and the electricity was not contained, um, if you're thinking about electronics, then, then there would be danger, right? If, uh, that would be dangerous because those wires are, are exposed and, and um, can, can cause fire and, uh, and, and chaos if that electricity is just sparking all over the place. But if you can conduct your energy to where it's towards something productive and constructive for you, um, that's the way that I like to think of the yoga practice. And so to be mindful is the opposite of being mindless, to be aware, to be conscious. Um, that's what Chin Mudra is about. And that's why it, it's, that's why it is the most, um, probably the most popular, most used, the most known, most stereotypical symbol in terms of the hand shapes the mudras of yoga because of that because it is so important and integral to to what yoga is about um so in this book mudras of india they carry on um, explaining that um the symbolism the further symbolism behind what you're doing with the fingers right so the middle this is in the book it says the middle ring and little fingers symbolize the three gunas right the uh, nature's three fundamental forces. Uh, rajas, which is activity. Tamas, which is inertia. And sattva, right, luminosity. And that's in their words, right? So in other words, creation. You've got, they're saying that the three fundamental um, forces in nature and all life, this, these gunas, right, are um, creation, sattva. Uh, preservation and survival, rajas, and death uh, uh, or tamas, right? O on the the Yoga International website, they um they have a nice description there. They say that uh, sattva is about progression, right? The uh, creation energy. It's about progression. Rajas is about maintaining the status quo, and tamas is decline. So if you think about how that applies to, to human life, right? Uh, sattva is, is, is birth, right? And, or or um, conception, right? Uh, rajasa is about life and, and, and what you do um, here in this life, right? And then tamas is, is declined at death, right? So that's the simple ways to, to think about it. There's loads to be unpacked there and it would take a whole other podcast to explore that and uh, maybe that's could be a future podcast that i'm that i can do and, and again as i say i'm starting to create ideas just by by letting myself flow into these things a bit more um you know create something you'll be surprised what comes out of that do something even if you don't think it's going to be the best thing you've ever done in your life it's better than nothing right if you if you have to do something doing something that's maybe not as amazing as you want it to be or you don't think it'll be that way it's better than nothing right so anyway creation obviously is important for new ways of life for adaptability so to unpack this a little bit right rajas is important for maintaining balance when things are good and tamas or, or death is is important to make ways 
to make way for new things or, or for new ways of doing things. And it doesn't always seem like, like death is a positive thing. But you know that, um, for instance, looking at the trees here, um, if the leaves didn't fall off the trees at some point, the plants down below and the grass and the earth down below wouldn't get the amount of sunshine that they get. And then you wouldn't get these, um, the winter flowers that pop up. Yeah? So, and who's to say that the, the leaves on the tree are more important than the winter flowers that pop up? Right? So, that's the way that, that's the way that I think about it anyway. Okay, so that you've got those three free fingers that are extended in the mudra. And they are representative of the um, three fundamental forces in nature. Yeah? And then they go on to explain that the index finger represents individual consciousness and the thumb universal consciousness, right? They're joining together in chin mudra. So touching the, the index finger to the thumb their joining together in chin mudra expresses the union of yoga. I mean, that's um, of these two aspects, right? And, and yoga itself comes from the Sanskrit word yuj, to yoke together. Um, self, the consciousness of the self with the small s um, of you. Um, and then the consciousness of the self with the big s of, of the, um, if you think of yourself as part of a bigger thing. Right, and another way that you could think about this is the self with the small s. Um, it, it is is you as you are now, and your 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 self with the big s is how is the ideal, the highest ideal of of, of human nature. And that's, um, you know, this guy, Jordan B. Peterson, talks about um, that um, he does some biblical biblical lecture, lectures, which are really interesting, where he looks at the metaphorical meanings and, and, and symbolism and psychological um, meaning behind the stories of, of the, the Old Testament. And whether you're religious or not, it's really interesting. And... Um, and he talks about how 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 Jesus would would be the symbol of, of the highest human ideal and and you know to live your life. He talks about you know he gets asked a lot of the time about whether he believes in God or not, and he says the way that the way that he answers it is he says that um I live my life as if I do believe in God. You know and that's an interesting way of thinking about it. And whether you do or you don't. You know, looking at religion, whether you belong to a religious um, community or not, um, the way that I look at it, all religions can, can be kind of um, taken back to, to, to kindness and love, right, really. And it's about treating yourself the way, um, treating others the way you'd like to be treated. And then treating yourself that way as well is, is another part of it. Um, so you can think of when you're raising your, when you're doing this chin mudra, and if you get a chance, if you're, of course, if you're driving, don't do this, right? But 
if you get a chance to sit down and maybe uh, um, in the next I'll, I'll, I'll pause in a moment and, and give you an opportunity to pause and do this but you know sitting in a relatively comfortable position bring your hands into chin mudra the thumb and the first fingers lightly touching other three fingers extending the hands resting on the lap in a, or on the thighs in a, in a comfortable way sitting nice and upright and just think about that symbolism right the the three fingers extending representing the earth and the three forces of nature that exist within it and then you have the ring finger or sorry the index finger that represents you and the thumb that represents what you might be you know the highest ideal of, of a human that you could think of and then raising your index finger to your thumb think about trying at least you're just you're just trying at least to to get closer to um yourself getting um closer to the highest ideal of what a person can be and that's look that's you know as i said earlier there's no such thing as perfection and you, you might not ever get there and you know most of us probably none of us ever will get close to that or none of us ever will be perfect let's say that but the effort is what's important right to try to be a bit better to yourself and the world around you okay so i'll describe that for you again and then i'll I'll put a pause in here and then i'll just take a few breaths in in quiet and at that point if you want to to hit pause on the podcast and and do that then 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 do that and see how you feel right so again sitting nice and upright whether that's on a chair or sitting cross-legged okay and you're going to bring your hands into chin mudra so that the the thumb and the first fingers touch the index fingers touch together try and bring your elbows into the sides of the body the biceps alongside the ribs and lift the heart lift the chest and lifting through the heart becoming aware of the fact that you are good enough and you are strong enough and you can reach for higher things you just got to give yourself a chance to do one positive thing at a time So I think I'll leave it there for now because there's so much to talk about in terms of the mudras that I probably need a whole other podcast for it. And um, maybe that'll be next week's or the next podcast that I, when I get a chance to do it. Maybe that'll be that one. Um, but yeah, remember, you can always do that. You can always bring yourself into that, that headspace, giving yourself a few breaths just with the hands in chin mudra, becoming aware of what it was that, I just talked to you about today that when you're feeling demotivated, you can start to channel your energy towards something more constructive. You can, uh, you know, get yourself into the headspace just by symbolizing the fact that you want to do better things for yourself and the world around you. And if you take a few breaths just doing that, then think, okay, I'll have these few breaths, then I'll make a little list of, of whatever it is that's popped into my mind and when you can clear 
those things from tumbling about in your mind, you'll have a bit more space for, for new thoughts that come in if you've been stuck in a rut and kind of, you know, going over and over the same things in your head that's, that, that's you know, causing you distractions and, and um, keeping you from, from doing something constructive. Get a stuff done on paper, record it or whatever it is. Talk to somebody else about it and they maybe can reflect it back to you. Um, but yeah, hopefully you've found that meaningful. Um, if you want to support the podcast, you can do by liking the podcast, subscribing to it, telling a friend or two about it and um, you know, sharing it on social media. And I know I talked about being down on social media, but again, it's about how <laughs> you know you use these things uh, that can be positive. Of course, you know that they can be positive things as well as uh, as not so positive. And um, you know, I do this uh, for free, and it's taken a lot of work to do this. This one in particular, um, you know, it's taken me about three days to to plan this and and record it and. Um, you know, so um, I hope you appreciate this, and and if you do, and and, and you feel like it's worth, um, you know, the price of a of a cup of coffee, you know, um, every month to have these podcasts for you to listen to, then um, I would really appreciate it if you would go to Patreon dot com. That's P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Everyday Yoga. It's all one word, Everyday Yoga. And, uh, you know, you can, uh, it's like crowdfunding, really. You know, more, more people probably know what crowdfunding is than, than what Patreon is. And um, if you go along and, and, and want to do that, help to, to crowdfund this podcast, um, I can't guarantee that I'll, that I'll always be able to do this if it's not um, paying if it's not financially rewarding as much as it is emotionally and and um you know intellectually stimulating i have to prioritize paid work uh, but if it gets to a point where where this is becoming financially um viable as, as a source of income then i'll you know i can guarantee that i'll do one for you every week uh, at the minute i can't guarantee that I'm, I'm doing my best to 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 carry on doing it but look if you can't afford to and you're or you don't want to give give money that's fine but you know do something to help do one positive thing on the theme of what we just talked about do one positive thing to help uh promote the podcast so that i can keep on doing them um like the podcast subscribe to it leave a review on 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 apple podcasts if you get a chance and you know i'll definitely read all those and 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 they they help then to to suggest the podcast to other people you know apple will um put the podcast in in the eye line of of other people they're more likely to do that if if they there are positive reviews left on apple podcasts so anyway i'll I'll shut up for now but i'll end up uh the podcast with how i end my classes uh kind thoughts kind words kind actions apply those things to yourself as well as to others namaste